Hello Dreamers, I'm your host Marco of Dreaming in Faction, welcome back, <laughs> you know how this goes, uh, you know it's been a minute since I did an episode and I'm back with you guys to give y'all some more episodes and hopefully this season, this will be my season too, and we will learn some new things about the fashion industry, about the people who are in the actual fashion industry, so let's get the show started, so on this podcast, if for those of you that don't know, we discuss all things fashion. And you're welcome to hit the like button. You're welcome to hit the thumbs up button. You're welcome to share and leave comments. And as they say in church, you're welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's start the show. Alright guys, so first up, I'm going to talk about Danielle Luna, the supermodel trailer that's on HBO. So, I haven't gotten a chance to watch the movie yet. You know, forgive me. I haven't had time yet. But I do plan on watching the movie. I just haven't had a chance to watch the movie just yet. So, Danielle Luna. So, basically, I'm just going to read some information here just so that you guys can kind of have like a brief overview of who she was. She was a super... She, basically, the trailer is just going over... This supermodel, it's like it says, this is a supermodel chronicles um, in her remarkable life and her career of Danielle Luna. She was the first black model to grace the cover of both Harper's Bazaar and Vogue. She said they said that she was born Peggy Ann Freeman in Detroit, Michigan, and they said that she became a larger than life character who broke barriers in the fashion industry, challenged the prevailing ideas of beauty, and influenced culture. All before her ultimately timely death of thirty at age thirty three, according to the HBO Max um, site. So, I'm interested in watching this show, and you know, especially after I forgot the model that just came out recently that said that she did like coke and like eggs or something like that. Don't quote me, but if you know who I'm talking about, drop down in the comments, and you know, put her name. I'm sure you guys know who I'm talking about can't remember if it was Beverly Johnson she's a black she was a black supermodel from back in the day she said that how she kept herself thin when she did coke and she ate like one two eggs a week it was unreal I was reading that and I was like uh what so maybe I'll next week I'll do something like I'll bring her up on the next episode of this podcast but just to go back to Danielle Luna I've never heard of her before this is my first time actually hearing about her so I have some work to do myself on my end and hopefully you guys have some work to do too. I was intending to watch it before I started this pod to do this episode, but I didn't want to delay. I wanted to start these episodes and get back into doing my episodes like on a weekly basis like I normally do. I just haven't had a chance to yet because I had a lot going on. Um, But yeah, back to what I was saying here. I get sidetracked really easy. I'm sorry guys, but back to Danielle this is um I I gotta get into it they said she was the first black supermodel I gotta get into it I'm curious to know all the ins and outs I saw a couple of pictures she was stunning she was beautiful kind of put me in the mind of Iman a little bit you know what I mean so you guys if you haven't watched that episode if you haven't watched the trailer or the movie just yet you should get out and watch it if you have a chance if you have HBO um get out and watch it come back to my comments and let me know what you think i'm going to watch it and do some homework and 
we're going to see uh, what, what it's about and what it's like. But we're going to move on to our next topic here. So our next topic. Oh, my God. These two. Um, it seems like every episode that I've done on my podcast or not every episode, almost every episode of my podcast, I was spoke of Kim Kardashian, Anna Winter, Kanye West. These are just some staple names that seems to come up all the way, all always in the industry all the time. So this happened sometime last year. Um, so basically, Anna Winter seems to have snubbed Kim Kardashian at the Paris Fashion Week. And this was according to a Daily Mail source. So this was back in October of last year. And I, this was at Paris Fashion Week. This is crazy. But <laughs> I think it's funny. And I'm laughing to myself right now because I can just imagine being Kim Kardashian looking over at Anna Winter like, really? You're still here? You're still doing this? You're still being a... B-I-T-C-H to everybody right now. Uh, okay. So, I'm just going to read what the source said and, and what happened in the rundown. And then I'm going to give my commentary. So, they said last week, which was back in October, mind you, I, I still had this topic. So, I was keeping up my topics for all this time for when I came back to my podcast. So, they said last week, she left fans cringing as she appeared to snub Kim Kardashian during Victoria Beckham's 2024 Spring Summer Show at Paris Fashion Week. And it says, And the Skims founder, well, you guys know who that is, Kim K, 42, is the only one rumored to have fallen out with the legendary style icon. And they say, Anna is thought, is thought to have past tensions with a wide array of people from her protege Edward, Edward Inningfield to Tim Gunn and Giorgio Armani. Um, also, they, there's a few others that I actually found out about, too. We're going to talk about that. Um, they said the Vogue editor-in-chief, 73, seemed, seemed cold-shouldered towards the reality star, 42, as she arrived at Victoria Beckham's 2024 spring-summer show. Um, they said the reporter, they said her reporter views aren't confined to the fashion world either. With the editor also said to have had disagreements with the actor Billy Porter and rapper Drake. <laughs> so basically saying that her views aren't just limited to people within the fashion industry. They're saying that it spans outside of that Billy Porter, um, Drake. Okay. And they said, um, and it says here female and that's and it says takes a take a look at the very famous faces who are thought to have fallen out of favor with winter and they there was a ton of them and you know guys i'm going to eventually do a, a actual another episode of that and I'm going to talk about all of the people that she's fell out with. I'm going to do a deep dive and I'm going to get into each one of their stories individually. But let's just get into this here. So, you know, one of my favorites, Uncle Leon, who's no longer with us. But they said she's had feuds with him. Edward Inningfield. The list goes on. Giorgio Armani. Oh, Tim Gunn. Come on now. These are people who are, I guess, staples also in the industry and icons, and you're falling out with them as well. Come on, Anna, give it up. This is we, you know, when Devil's Wells Prada came out, that's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Um, I like to say that 
you know, I, I don't know. For her to be a gatekeeper in American fashion, if you listen to my other episodes, you've heard my rant about Anna Winter and how I feel about her. I don't hate her, don't love her. Um, I just think that she's she's just there in the industry. She's holding the seat. Um, can we put someone younger in there? Someone fresh, someone's new, someone who's not bitter. Um, someone who's not 73 does it sound familiar i don't want to bring up politics but can we get someone younger in these positions so that we could grow and so that we can evolve within these industry i don't want to um, have someone that's a gatekeeper who's keeping something stifled or keeping something stagnant because we know that um, a lot of younger fashion designers or people or younger people who want to be in the industry all have to kind of seemingly answer to her but hopefully that's changing with um, technology today and social media so maybe they don't have to but you know we'll see but that's my take on that but I thought it was funny that she kind of was giving Kim the cold shoulder and I'm like really leave Kim alone alright my next topic I'm going to talk about is supermodel Iman boycotted fashion company Celine after lead designer Phoebe Philo complained she was forced to work with black models and this was according to the Jasmine brand website if you know that actual website so she was on so Iman was on Sway in the morning and so this is an account of actually what happened Iman was on Sway radio show and she said that she was gravely offended after famed designer Phoebe Philo who worked for the fashion company Celine at the time, complained to her that she didn't want to be the force. Um, well, she didn't want to be forced to work with a black with black models. Iman explained during the interview. So, one of the designers was a woman called Philo, who worked at Celine. Every every woman, black, white, every age that I know, have coveted Celine, and it says I could. They said that. Iman said, I could care less about Phoebe's Philo's comeback now. Um, what do you mean? And then it says, "What this is, I guess this is like an interaction. And then this is what Phoebe says. It says, what do you mean I am forced to hire black models? And it says, and, and Philo said, I'm going to be forced to use black models. And she never used black models. I said, no, there's got to be the right black model for you. There, there can't be no black models that's not right for you. Just by her saying that, I said, and I did this, and I've, I've done it, but I've never said it publicly for the action of her and saying that she has to have choice not to use black models. That's why I have never brought Celine a Celine bag, and she has the right to her runway and I have the right to my pocketbook <laughs> that was that's Iman what Iman says <laughs> that's interesting so Iman's comments come just as Philo is set to make a return to fashion following a near five-year hiatus and it says according to the reports the designer established the name for herself after taking the helm of the creative director at Celine back in 2008 and it says Philo reportedly stepped down in 2017 with no explanation other than retirement. The designer reportedly made a soft reemergence in 2021 hinting at plans to launch her own namesake fashion line that seems to finally um, become becoming to fruition. Um, so someone else claimed here that one user claimed that 
This isn't the first time that Fala has been criticized for alleged alleged racist behavior writing. Um, they said Iman, Naomi, and Bethany Hardison have called Phoebe Philo out for her racism since 2013. So this isn't new. So this is what the reporter, this is what the people are saying, that this isn't new with her. So I don't know Phoebe. <laughs> this is my first time hearing of her. I know Celine Bax, though, don't you? We all know Celine. And we know the girls love Celine. And I know all of my beautiful brown black and brown girls love Celine we gotta I'm not a black and brown girl I almost said that (laughs) that's funny but I know the girls like their Celine bags but hey if they make a masculine Celine bag I might get one who knows or they make one that I just cannot resist or deny who knows I might get one you know I like a little man merce that's right so I think that that was interesting this happened last year sometime too um what do we think about by what do you guys think that that these designers are boycotting black models they they the fashion industry boycotts you know they are racist again well i'll take that back i said that wrong the fashion industry is racist or discriminates against black models sometimes black designers people working behind the scenes in the fashion industry this has been going on for years so I guess this isn't nothing new within the industry it's just I'm glad to see someone's calling these people out and I I don't think that they deserve to be in these creative director position if they're not going to be including everyone because you know as a designer myself I want to create clothes or pieces garments bags whatever I'm creating I want it to be for everyone I want everyone to I want it to be all inclusive for everyone that likes it and that want to buy it if you can afford it buy it if you like it get it you know what I mean why why do you I don't know it's it's silly to me that you would like to be you know racist or be that way towards your people or consumers that want to get your products or what are people that want to wear your stuff it's, it's silly to me now we're going to move on to something a little brighter here that i want to um, talk about i got a couple of spotlights that i'm going to talk about um my next two topics my first one is um someone that i followed for years all the way back to uh, maybe 2005 or 2006 his name is javon terrence um, he was featured in Harper's Bazaar, and I, I, I liked his work. I admired his stuff that he did. It, it kind of had like a urban streetwear edge to it, but it was it was very impeccably impeccably done. So I, I really liked his what he brought to the table, and I, I liked his designs. Um, but he was featured in Harper's Bazaar, and you know I love to see it. So. I'm just going to read you guys a little bit about um, Javon Terrence so that you can, if, you don't, if you've never heard of him, you get a brief synopsis, synopsis of who he is, and we'll go from there. So, he's an international fashion designer. Javon Terrence, CEO of Javon Terrence Fashion Line, is a lifelong resident of Lorraine, and this is Lorraine, Ohio, and it said that he was founded in 2007 by his namesake, the Javon Terrence fashion line has grown quickly from a passionate hobby to a recognizable brand. Javon became interested in designing a young age 
design designing at a young age due to his passion for sneakers. His love for design continued to expand with developed into designing and creating clothes for men and women. The main focus of Javon Terrence fashion line is to inspire people to work at and wear what makes them happy. Fashion fashion wise the line is mainly focused on everyday wear but Terrence has created high fashion runway pieces expanding his design reputation um, and it says speaking of reputation Javon has shown his collection in Paris Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week three times and LA Fashion Week. Recently Javon has been dressing celebrity clients Natty Neidhart. I've never heard of her before it's a, I guess she's a WWE wrestler um, Stephen Capel and it says boxing movie and they say he was also in his stuff was featured in the boxing movie Creed 2 um, director and it says Jorge Lindborg I don't know if you guys you probably know that name I don't um, and it says a main character in the Transformers movie Bumblebee movie and NBA all-star Chris Paul and so we love to see it I'm, I'm glad to see him you know finally getting his flowers I've been following him for a long time guys and he's finally getting his notoriety that he so much deserved and if you know Devon, Javon Terrence out there if you follow him on social media Instagram you know whatever social media site you may have go over there and give him a shout give him a like or two go, and if you feel froggy you know buy some of his clothes as well you know I think his stuff is dope um it's is really creative. I love to see my young black people, especially men, having their own name and having their things going. Now we're gonna move on to our next topic. One of my other favorite people to talk about whenever I do podcasts. I forgot to mention her earlier too. Oh, oh, auntie, auntie, auntie. So the next person we I'm going to talk about right now is going to be Naomi Campbell. <laughs> Naomi Campbell Waltz McQueen's last show by Sarah Burton. So, so they were saying that emotions were running high, both the le- um, with both the legendary model and the audience, and they basically saying too that Burton's departure from McQueen comes as the labels uh, as the label's parents company, the French luxury goods group Curing SA, is restructuring. What the future may hold for Burton is unknown. Although there is some speculation that she may start her own label. This is according to theconversation.com. So guys, um, I am a McQueen fan. I will forever be a McQueen fan. Um, whenever Sarah got into that position, position, I remember it like it was yesterday some years back. Um, I, I felt some type of way about it because... Whenever I mean, I know that. I guess let's give it. Let's give an example. Your best friend is a designer. You know your best friend in, and you you know your best friend in and out. But some you don't know your best friend's thought process and creativity that comes from somewhere else. And I just don't. I don't. Whenever you know McQueen passed away, I'm I'm glad that they tried to keep the line alive, which they may still do by bringing in another designer, younger designer, someone different. Um I don't know when Sarah got in there, I just didn't see it from the beginning. I wasn't feeling it. 
this is just my honest opinion i'm not taking shots at sarah um i wish her the best wish her well but mcqueen that that's something from another planet another world you if you're gonna step to that and do that you the way we whoever you are as a designer you, you gotta come with it mcqueen ain't no the queen isn't just like something you just be like oh i'm just gonna be a designer blah 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 they'll do it this way do it that way whatever whatever no when you come with the queen are you going to be directing creative director whatever position i'm saying you got to bring it the queen is a legend everybody know alexander mcqueen he's never going to die his work is not his legacy will never die he's an icon so we're going to speaking of icons by the way we're going to move on to my next topic um my next topic is so i was watching one day i was watching a podcast where it was an interview um myself on youtube maybe sometime back and i i didn't know this but i thought i wanted to bring it up on my podcast so i wanted to talk about it because I, it impacted the fashion industry so i was like well let's talk about that too so basically jason lee said that there was a shortage in silver in the fashion industry and how many of you guys can guess why there was a shortage of silver and when i say silver meaning like silver silver fabric for designers for in the fashion industry or fabric stores wherever you get fabric basically it was because bobby light's costume that he wore to the beyonce concert who would ever thought who would ever knew so i did a little research i got on my computer well i say computer but my phone i got on my phone and i did a little you know instagram pull up his pictures i was like whoa okay bobby i see you he had on his silver futuristic look it was dope i loved it um so i guess people were inspired the fashion industry was inspired and they bought out all the silver platinum chrome whatever color you want to call it fabric and there's a shortage there was a shortage this was during the renaissance tour for beyonce so i don't i think the tour is over now who knows they may not have a shortage anymore but i just thought that that was interesting that all of the silver fabric was people were going to go buy silver costumes i guess they were like all designers was like okay this is going to be the trend for the next season silver chrome platinum hooray okay okay who would ever knew okay cool um i'm gonna move on to my next topic i just thought that that was interesting and i wanted to bring it up if you heard about it guys drop down in the comments and tell me about the, sh- the silver shortage or the silver fabric shortage I-, I i didn't pay attention to it i haven't been to the fabric store in a while but you know i i didn't know that that was a thing now the next thing i'm gonna bring up i'm gonna bring up another spotlight moment of someone that I've I've watched on Instagram for a long time. I know you guys watched him on Instagram for a long time. Um, I think that he's pretty funny. His name is Norman Freeman. So Norman Freeman walked at Natalie Redmond's fashion show in Los Angeles Fashion Week. Um, that was interesting. He's more of a comedian. And when I saw him come down that runway, oh baby, he sashay and he slay all at the same time. And I was like, work. I, I loved it. I thought it was something unique. Thought it was something different. It, I would have never thought. But he, if you see Norman, 
Norman has like this alien futuristic type of look to him. He's he's not a normal looking person and it's not like to try to take a shot or read or anything like that. He just has a distinctive look, which would work well in the fashion industry or modeling. He's he's hella tall. Um he has a bald head. He he just looks he just looks like fashion. That's the only way that I could put it. He looks like fashion. And it, I was glad to see him. I was actually shocked. I was like, whoa, that's Norman. He's walking the runway. Work. Okay, let's do it. All right, guys, that's all I got for you guys this week. So I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back to making more episodes on my podcast. Please make sure that you guys um, follow me on all social media platforms. You can find my episodes or you can find a link to my episodes on Instagram, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, um, TuneIn Podcast, and YouTube. Also, to help support and show your support, um, please go and sign up on Patreon. You never know. In the future, I may do something a little bit different. Um, and always, as next time, guys, keep dreaming.